Are you glad he set you free? I am glad that I am glory bound tonight. Look with me in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16. It is good to be in the Lord's house. What a great day it's been to be here. Thank you for being here tonight. And uh, I'm just excited about what God is doing in this place and in our presence. I want to preach a message to you. Some of y'all have heard this message. This isn't something that I normally do. Uh, But the Lord led me this way, and so I want to go this way. I want to be sensitive and obedient to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God tonight. And uh, I preached this during a revival meeting that some of you were at, uh, talking about spiritual discouragement. And I want to talk about this again tonight. Some of you have heard this, some of you have not. If you have heard it, I apologize, but apparently the Lord wants you to hear it again. So, uh, which is going to be obedient tonight, and I know God has got something great in store. But I want to talk to you tonight about dealing with spiritual discouragement. Dealing with spiritual discouragement. And I think that is an epidemic among our churches today, among God's people, is the state of being discouraged. The state of being discouraged. First Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Look down in verse 11. Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and with all of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your precious word. I pray that we would apply this to our life. Lord, I pray that you'd open our hearts and give us understanding of it tonight. Lord, as I look out, as I talk to Christians on a daily basis, Lord, discouragement is everywhere. Lord, it is so easy... And your work to get discouraged. The devil attacks us on so many fronts. He does so many things to bring us as your people down to get discouraged, Lord. And Lord, I, I know tonight that there should be no place in our life for discouragement. Lord, we don't need to be discouraged. Lord, we need to be encouraged tonight. We need to be lifted up tonight. Lord, we need to be picked up. And I pray that you would pick us up and encourage us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Dealing with spiritual discouragement. And I simply want to talk about discouragement tonight. It's something that you have faced. It's something that I have faced. If you've never faced it, wait till the end of the day because I promise you, you'll face it before it's over with because it's coming. And it is easy, it is simple, it is honest. Everybody, sooner or later, will, will experience spiritual discouragement. How many preachers have you seen quit the ministry? How many times have you seen people 
so faithful to the ministry, so faithful to the things of God, quitting and throwing the towel in and being done with it. Friend, I want you to know that it all started with a little seed of discouragement. So many people go into the place of depression, but before they ever got depressed, they were discouraged first. And so many times when we quit and and when we get to the place where we throw in the towel and when we get to the place we get depressed, it all began with a little seed of discouragement. And I, I want you to know that one of the greatest tools that Satan uses against us is discouragement. It is so easy for a child of God to get discouraged. Now, let's look at the state of discouragement here in Samuel. Samuel was a judge, a prophet, and a priest for the nation of Israel. Every king that had ever ruled Israel had a man that stood as the mediator between them and the Lord. And Samuel was the mediator between God and King Saul. If you remember that King Saul was the king the people wanted. He wasn't the Lord's king, but he was the people king. He was the king the people desired. And so God gave them what they desired. And when uh, Saul came up and he was the king, he used Samuel to, as the man, as the mediator, to stand between him uh, and King Saul. And so this man Samuel was invested in this king. This man Samuel prayed for this king every single day. Every single day, the entire ministry of this man Samuel was to be sold out to prayer and supplication over this king. He was to stand as mediator. I want you to know he was dedicated to the king. He was sold out to the king. If anybody had a heart for King Saul, it was the man of God, Samuel. And the Bible said that it got so bad in the life of Saul, and I want you to look back in chapter 15, And in verse 23, it says in verse 23, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Saul had got so bad that God said, I'm done with Saul. And he took his spirit away from Saul. And so here's the man of God who has prayed for Saul, who has poured his heart out for Saul, and now that very man who he's dedicated his ministry to, God has taken his spirit from him, and he said, I will no longer be with King Saul. I'm done with King Saul. Now, there's a lot of people in that nation that probably didn't give a flip. There's a lot of people that didn't have any care about the spiritual condition of King Saul. But friend, Samuel did. He cared about the spiritual condition of this king. And we talk about the wickedness of King Saul. We talk about how bad he was. But may I tell you, the man of God loved him. The man of God, Samuel, had a heart for him. And if there was anybody that wanted him to do good in the Lord, it was Samuel. And the Lord came to Samuel. And after he rejected, the question was asked, How long will you mourn for Saul? This clearly shows us this man was discouraged over what happened with King Saul. And he said, how long will you be, uh, how long will you mourn? Basically asking the question, how long are you going to be discouraged? Do you know what discouragement is? Discouragement means to be deprived of enthusiasm or courage. So when you are discouraged, the enthusiasm and the courage that you have in the Lord is deprived from you. Friend, that's not good when a child of God is losing its joy. 
losing his courage, losing his enthusiasm. Friend, we need all the enthusiasm we can get. But every time we get to a place of discouragement, that discouragement is robbing us of that enthusiasm. The state of discouragement weakens a child of God and makes us vulnerable to the attack of Satan. I want you to know that when you become discouraged, you become vulnerable to the full attack of the devil. Because when you get discouraged, you get down and you get weak and you get low and you get robbed of your enthusiasm and it opens a door for the devil to come in and to take over in your life. I want you to know that nobody ever said, you know what, I plan on quitting the ministry. It never starts that way. It starts with a little seed of discouragement. And when we, when that little seed enters into our hearts, into our minds, it begins to grow. And then before we know it, when we don't deal with that discouragement, we end up quitting. We end in, we end up throwing in the towel. We end up just saying, I'm done with it. But it all started with a little seed of discouragement. That's what it is. Nobody ever said, you know what, I'm going to commit suicide. You know, a year from now, I'm going to commit suicide. It all starts with a little bit of discouragement. You know what? I'm going to quit my class. It all started with a little bit of discouragement. Friend, if we don't deal with our spiritual discouragement, something bad is going to happen down the road. And a lot of times, we, we must understand that we don't have to quit. We don't have to get let it get that far and get to that place where it's got to be that drastic. Friend, we can deal with it today. And I want you to know that I've been discouraged. I was discouraged about some things today. I'm sure you were as well. There is something every day that can get us down and get us low. I want you to know as a child of God, you can be up on the mountaintop one second, and the very next second you can be down in the valley. It is easy, it is simple, it is honest to get to this very same place that Samuel was to get down and to get low in the work of the Lord. And the question that he asked, how long? How long are you going to stay this way? How long are you going to live this way? How long are you going to mourn and cry? He was weeping. He was weeping. How long? You know what he was saying? It's time to get over it. It's time to get over it. It's time to get up. You know, uh, a lot of people say, well, preacher, you can be tough sometimes. And I can. And my wife gets on me all the time. She said, you've got to be more compassionate to our kids sometimes. You can be so tough and so rough. But he basically asked the question, how long are you going to cry? How long are you going to sit here in your misery and in your discouragement? It's time to get up and fix this. It's time to get up and deal with this spiritual discouragement. Now what is it today that's got you down? What is it today that's got you low? What is it today that has you discouraged? Maybe you're a Sunday school teacher. Isn't it easy to get discouraged? Used to have eight, now you have four. Where were those four? I don't know. Boy, it gets us down, doesn't it? Well, is it me? <laughs> Y'all ever ask that question? Am I, am I doing something wrong? Boy, isn't it easy to get discouraged? Well, I wonder if they're mad at me. What have I done? What if there's a family that you've been working on and you've been working on and all of a sudden, man, you've prayed for them and you've invited them and they come and all of a sudden they just quit? Isn't it easy to get discouraged? Boy, isn't it easy to get down and to get low? How many times have you preached to somebody and you prayed for that somebody and they just will not accept the will and the Word of God in their life? It's discouraging. Has there ever been anybody that you wanted to grab by the neck and say, would you get saved? 
Has there, I mean, has there been people in your class, in your Sunday school class, in your BTC class, that say, would you just get your heart right? Look at what you're doing to your family. It gets discouraging. It gets discouraging in the ministry. It gets discouraging preaching. It gets discouraging working for the Lord. It gets down. There are low times. There are discouraging times. But friend, may I tell you that we've got to deal with our discouragement. And we've got to keep on going. We've got to deal with our spiritual discouragement and we've got to keep on going. Now here was the solution. Here is what God said. This is a simple term, but this is what He said. He said, fill your horn with oil and go. Now, how do we deal with spiritual discouragement? The Word of God said, fill your horn with oil and go. Now, there's two pictures to this. Number one, the physical picture, to fill your horn with oil and go. The work and the ministry of Samuel was all about King Saul. But when God said to fill your horn with oil and go, it told the man of God that there was somebody out there that needed to be anointed. We may not know what that term meant, but I promise you, Samuel knew exactly what God was talking about. When he said fill your horn with oil and go, Samuel knew there was another king to anoint. He knew there was somebody else that needed the Spirit of God upon them. And this is what I love in this story, and this is what I love about this this thought. You know, he, he basically came to Samuel and he said, Listen, King Saul messed up, and I'm done with King Saul. But he said, I'm not done working. And so many times, discouragement gets us to the place where there's no more hope. There's nobody else. There's nobody else to preach to. There's no reason for me to keep on going. And what God is doing is coming to Samuel and showing him there's reason to keep on going. Because there's somebody else that I've already appointed to be king of Israel. I may be done with this king, but I'm not done with the next king. I may be done with this man, but I'm not done with men in general. I may be done working in Saul, but I'm not dead and I'm not gone. Saul may be off his throne, but I'm still on my throne. Saul may be done, but I'm not done. Saul may be finished, but I'm still God and i still got a work to do. I want you to know that we get so down and we get so low and we get so hung up on things. Friend, let me tell you something. God is still on His throne. Don't get so hung up over one person or one thing or one matter that it just uh, that it just destroys us and takes over us. Friend, it's so much bigger than one person. It's so much bigger than one man. It's so much bigger than one family. Friend, God has a mighty work to do. And because one family may give up or one person quit serving the Lord, friend, there's still people out there that need to hear the gospel. There's still people out there that God wants to save. There's still people out there that he, that needs to hear the good news story of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that you're down and you're low, but friend, fill your horn with oil and go. Because there's still people out there that need to hear what we hold in our hands. There's still people out there that need to hear what we have in our hearts. What's the solution, preacher? We need to fill our horn with oil and go. We need to be reminded that, friend, God's not done working. God is still alive, God is still on His throne, and there's still work to be done. Why must I deal with my spiritual discouragement? Because there's still work to be done. Now here's the spiritual picture, and we're going to be done. When He said, fill your horn with oil and go, 
many times in that day they would get a ram's horn and they would hollow it out and they would get leather, they'd get different things and they would seal the bottom, seal the top and they would fill this with oil, okay? And so when he said fill your horn with oil, he was literal in this, but there's a big spiritual meaning here. To me, that is so beautiful because throughout the Word of God, oil is always a picture or type of the Holy Spirit of God. It is always pictured the Spirit of God. If you go on to the Scripture that we read at the end of this chapter, the end result when the oil was applied, the Spirit of God fell upon this little boy, David. And so the, the oil has always represented a type of the Holy Spirit of God. And so the picture here is this. Get full of the Holy Spirit. He said, fill your horn with oil and go. Now, he had a ram's horn. But may I tell you what houses the oil or what houses the Holy Spirit of God is our souls. We are the tabernacle. We are the vessel that holds the Holy Spirit of God. And so this man was down in the scourge and he's basically saying, you need to get full of the Holy Spirit. I'm not done working. There's still work to be done. But if it's going to be done, you're going to have to get full of me. You're going to have to get full of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, I want to show what God was talking about. Look with me in Revelation chapter 11. If you're with me, say amen. Revelation chapter 11. And I want us to look at this beautiful picture of how important it is as a child of God to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I want you to know that we cannot sit in this discouragement. We must deal with it. If we're going to deal with it, we must fill our horn with oil tonight. Revelation 11, and in verse 3, He said, I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. There are two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, devour their enemies. If any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. We find in the book of Revelation 11 that there's two witnesses. John describes these two witnesses in verse 4. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. He describes them as two olive trees and two candlesticks. Now, Candlestick is always a picture of the church, okay? Now, we know or we believe at this time the church will be gone. These two witnesses will be sent down during tribulation time. And what this is a picture of is that these two witnesses will be the light for God, will be the light of Christ during this tribulation time. Now, a lot of people have the belief that the church will be gone at this time. I hope and pray that's true. Amen? Because I don't want to be here during this time. But if that's true, that means these two men will come in and have the same influence and have the same job that we have today. They will be the light in that darkness. May I tell you, as a child of God, we are to be the light in the darkness. That is our job. That is what we are called to be. That is what we're called to do as the local New Testament church is to be the light in the darkness. 
During tribulation time, the darkness is going to be darker than it's ever been before. It's going to be harder than it's ever been before. And these two men are going to have more power. They're going to have more authority. They're going to have more ability than their enemies have. And they're going to have their way for three and a half years. They're going to have the authority, the ability to do anything they want to do. And what amazes me here is their source. He said they stand there as two olive trees and two candlesticks. Now in Zechariah, the explanation is made. Look with me in the book of Zechariah chapter 4. Before John ever had this vision, Zechariah got the vision. Look with me in Zechariah chapter 4. If you're with me, say amen. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Zechariah chapter 4 in verse 11. He said, Then answered I, and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick, and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again, and said unto him, What be these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? Y'all get that? They're emptying the oil out of themselves into these lights. Verse 13, And he answered me, and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then said he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. These two men will be able to do unthinkable things. And the reason that they are going to be able to do what they're going to do, and the reason they're going to be able to overcome their enemies in the way they are, is because they will be drawn from a strength. They will be drawn from, from something that is beyond our imagination. Now, Zechariah sees these two olive trees fueling these two candlesticks. And basically, the branches coming out of these trees are fueling these lights. These lights cannot go out because it has an endless supply of oil. Now, way before there was a light bulb, there was a lantern with oil in it. Hello? And as long as you had oil, you had a light. And I want you to know that these lights are going to keep shining because they're going to have an endless supply of oil. The, the false prophet, the antichrist, they will do anything and everything to shut them down, but they will not be able to turn their light out because they will have an endless supply of oil. Nobody, not anybody, not anyone, not any power will be able to turn their lights out. Okay? They're going to be the light in the darkness. Now, let me tell you something. We're the light of the darkness. Okay? We're the light in the darkness. And that day, they're going to stand against things that is beyond our imagination. Everybody's going to try to hush them up. They won't be able to do it because there will be an endless supply. Everything they need. Everything to enable them. Everything to strengthen them. Everything to guide them. It will be sufficient. They won't run out. May I tell you that there is an oil that we have received from God, and it is the Holy Spirit of God, and I want you to know that it is an endless supply. It is enough tonight to fuel us and to guide us and enable us and strengthen us and guide us. It is sufficient for these men. It's sufficient for us. I want you to know the oil that we need tonight is the Holy Spirit of God. Look in Zechariah chapter 4 at the end of verse 
the end of verse 6, he said, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Friend, we're not to serve God on our might or our power, but we are to serve Him on the power that we get from Him. The power that I get from Him is not songs. The power that I get from Him is not ministries. The power that I get from Him is not religion. The power that we get from God is the Holy Spirit of God. And I want you to know that it is the oil that strengthens us, that enables us. Jesus said, He said, when I leave, I'm going to send you a comforter. The word comforter in the Greek is one who renders aid, one to come alongside and to help us. He said, I know the life's going to be tough. I know that you're the light of the world and it's going to be hard to keep your light on. But you know what I'm going to do? I love you so much, I'm going to give you a little help. And in this help, through the work and the power of the Holy Spirit of God, this Holy Spirit is going to be enough to keep your light on. There's going to be times the devil's going to come to you to turn that light out. There's going to be times that he's going to want you to hide it under a bushel. Hello? <laughs> no, don't hide it under a bushel because my spirit is enough. When, you're, when your power's not enough and your strength is not enough, God's strength is tonight. I want you to know when you're wore out and you can't go any longer that God can give you what you stand in need of to keep on going. When He told the man of God to fill your horn with oil, He said, you listen to me, Samuel. I still got work to do. And if you're going to accomplish it, you need to fall down where you are and fill yourself with me. Because I am enough to enable you to keep on going. These two witnesses had everything they needed. They had all the strength they needed because of the oil. Friend, we have the oil tonight. We have the Holy Spirit of God. And we must submit ourselves to that sweet Holy Spirit. And we must allow that Holy Spirit to indwell us, to fill us, to keep us filled. Friend, we can keep on going because of Him. And I want you to know our strength is through that Holy Spirit so many times. So many times I think as Baptists we're afraid of that term Holy Spirit and term Holy Ghost. But friend, it's biblical. It's here. It's there. And we're commanded to be filled with it. We're commanded to be filled with it. How do I keep on going? How do I overcome my spiritual discouragement? How do I keep my light shining? May I tell you, we got an oil from on high. (laughs) And when my strength's not enough, His is. When my power's not enough, His is. When I can't go another day, when I can't make another step, He can. But I've got to stop. And I have to submit myself to Him. He said, you fill your horn with oil and go. I don't know about y'all, but it's getting hard to shine your light in this old world. And the longer we go, brother buddy, it's going to get harder and harder. But I'm glad we've got an oil. I'm glad we've got a strength. I'm glad that we have a power. I'm glad we've got something this world don't have. I love what he said in Ephesians. He said that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Listen. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. We need to be strengthened in the inner man, don't we? We need to be strengthened within our hearts, within our spirits. May I tell you that strength comes from above. Would you fill your horn with oil and go? You say, preacher, man, I'm so discouraged. Ain't no point in me keep on going. May I remind you that there's still Davids out there. May I remind you there's still people out there that you can have effect on. 
May I tell you, there's still people out there that need to hear the gospel. And it might be you. You may be the very one to lead them to Christ. Don't let discouragement overcome you and get you down. Fill your horn with oil and go. Fill your horn with oil and go. We need that fresh touch of God tonight. Oh, how many times in my ministry. I couldn't tell you. Somebody said the other day, Brother Michael used to talk talk about every Monday morning. He was resigning. I've been there. There's a whole lot of Sunday nights. There's a whole lot of Monday morning. There's a whole lot of Wednesday nights. A lot of Sunday afternoons. A lot of Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays that I just wanted to resign. Just wanted to quit. Wanted to throw the towel in. But friend, this is so much bigger than me. The effects of this goes beyond my imagination. I got to keep on going. Quitting is not going to solve anything. Keep on going. Teacher, keep on teaching. You say, preacher, my class is down. Fill your horn with oil and keep on going. Two, then you preach to that two till Jesus comes back. Well, I used to have twelve. Well, if you got two, preach to them. Preach to them. Hey, there's another David out there. Keep on preaching. David was God's man. And he said, quit weeping, quit wailing over this one, because i got something good in store. Fill your horn with oil and go. Fill your horn with oil and go. There's been a lot of days, been a lot of days that I said, God, I need you. Every Sunday morning, I talk to my dad. He'll say, his last thing he says every Sunday morning, son, you just get full of the Holy Spirit. You just get full of the Holy Spirit. You're going to need it today. Just get full. Every time I, every Sunday morning, you get full of the Holy Spirit. And boy, I need it every day. You say, what does it mean to be full of the Holy Spirit? It means to stop. Quit relying on your own strength and your own power. And submit yourself to the power and the ability of God. And say, God, I need you. God, I'll do anything you want me to do. Just give me strength. And I want you to know that He'll give you that oil from on high. To fill you, to encourage you. Would you be encouraged tonight, child of God? Let's stand. Very quiet, very reverent tonight. Miss Dina is going to play. And maybe you're here tonight and you've been here. You've been in this state of discouragement. Would you fill your horn with oil? Would you get full of the Holy Spirit? That Holy Spirit is going to strengthen you to get over this, to get past this. Don't let your light go out. This world needs your light. This world needs to see our light shining bright. There's a lot of times that I've wanted to turn the off switch. Just turn it off. It ain't worth it anymore. Friend, it's worth it. There may be another David out there. Oh, man, the ministry King David had. Never has Israel been at its greatest than during the time of King David and King Solomon. And it all started with a man that was down praying for a nation, weeping and wailing of discouragement. And God came to him. He said, Samuel, I'm not done. I'm not forsaking you. I'm not forsaking Israel. i got a man for y'all. Friend, God's not done with us. He's still working. Would you fill your horn with oil and go? Maybe you have a decision to make tonight. While she plays, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Would you just get encouraged? Would you fill your horn with oil tonight?